It's time to mind your business with me, Jamila Lodge. Tune in to find out how to mind your business with BEDC, special guest entrepreneurs, industry experts, and more. Brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here. Welcome to Mind Your Business. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, I'm so thrilled to have you here. This is Nick Thompson. He is the CEO, founder of Scooter Mart. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey, what made you decide to do this, and what challenges you face and how you've overcome them. But yeah. before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Nick. I'm sure a lot of people watching might uh might have seen me yelling at them on their computer screen <laughs> or a TV screen. So I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I was born and raised in Bermuda, went to War Academy. Um, I'm 32 years old. So I was a swimmer in my early part of life. Okay. Competitive swimmer, yeah. Ben Smith, he's actually, he's a politician now. Yeah. He was my coach. Okay. And um, kind of like a real father figure, mm-hmm. role model for me growing up. Um, but after swimming and going to War Academy, I went to a boarding school for a couple years mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. to swim. And then I went to Florida State University. Okay. Um, and I did college there on a swimming scholarship. So swimming was a big part of my early life. And mm-hmm. um, then I graduated with finance and accounting degrees Okay. and came back to Bermuda Worked at KPMG for a little over a year, mm-hmm. and then decided to open a secondhand scooter shop. <laughs> so, so did you always know you were going to be working for yourself at some point? Um, no, I mean, so my my dad has always been an entrepreneur, Correct. and like okay. in the kind of truest sense of mm-hmm. the word entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. he's like like completely just boots on the ground Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. running small businesses and he's like really really good as Mm -hmm. a small business operator he's really really good with people and and detail oriented and stuff some of the things that i'm not nearly as good at this Uh, (laughs) for sure but you had someone to model after i guess yeah exactly okay so our whole lives definitely like uh, at least subconsciously my brother and i Mm -hmm. my brother's kenny yes um so seen him on tv too yeah uh we always kind of like that was kind of always an option Mm -hmm. i feel like for a lot of people who aren't in the entrepreneurial world they're Mm -hmm. more in the like corporate world Mm -hmm. you know when your parents are in the corporate world it's hard to even imagine like going off the beaten path that and is like true it's very true you know doing just starting a random business that like, might what are you talking fail. about there's no stability there what yeah, are you doing that's just like literally not an option right in your brain right your like whole psyche is like absolutely no chance right you know what i mean the risk is too high yeah, yeah. it's it's just almost unfathomable or, or unimaginable for most people who have like parents here in the corporate world so we were lucky to be able to have him as an entrepreneurial role model, mm-hmm. and then my mom also started Nona's Kitchen. Okay. Um, so she that did that. That cornbread, though. Oh yeah. Nona's <laughs> oh, yeah. Kitchen. Yeah. She um, <laughs> she started Nona's Kitchen in like I think like 2013, and she sold it in like 2016. Okay. Um, so she was in and out in three years. She did really well to be able to exit, mm-hmm. and you know paid off all her loans in the first kind of six months. So it, it did really well, but she kind of 
put so much like passion and love into that mm -hmm. that like it almost killed her i think like it was really stressful really really <laughs> and just... then you were like hey i think i want to start a business too yeah. <laughs> so i think like the answer is low like deep down maybe yeah i always kind of felt like i would want to do something myself but um, when I was in college, no, I, I wanted to go into investment banking mm. um, to, and kind of do the Ooh, like so JP Morgan, <laughs> New York City type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks luxurious and glamorous. Yeah. So how did you decide on use bikes? Like what made you do that? Because was that even a thing? Like people um, sell their bikes on Emu and stuff, but have to have a company that yeah, focuses no. on that. Yeah. So I was working at KPMG and right after college and... Uh, they have like those accounting firms have such big turnover yes. they bring in like 100 people every mm -hmm. year um so there was all these people who were who were now my like best friends because mm -hmm. i was working with them all day we right. were partying all night yeah. we were like 22 yeah, you know? yeah yeah so and they were all walking around bermuda and i'm like yo we don't walk in bermuda <laughs> like, you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. even walking from here to like i don't know back of town yeah that's like no, no, right. Like I, I don't care if it's yeah. ten minutes, yeah, or fifteen minutes. Like that, Bermudians ride, yeah, or we drive a car, or, right, right. But most, like, you get a you bike, just get on a bike it's and go, easy. yeah, it's done. Um, so, and I found out that the reason that they weren't is because the, the actual process of doing it, like so many things in Bermuda, it's just quite difficult. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean. You can get lucky and buy a secondhand bike on Emu, mm -hmm. and it could be relatively smooth. But like ninety percent of the time, you're gonna be dealing with a lot of like information hurdles. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know how to transfer test right. it. I don't know how to get the insurance. Right. The insurance says they want the chassis number and the engine number and that? the yeah, yeah. bill of sale. Mm -hmm. and, you know, like what is all that? Like, mm -hmm. and then eventually, when there's too many kind of things that you don't know about, you're just like, never mind. You know what? Yeah. Never mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so some people end up renting forever, which is also a huge waste of money, although we appreciate everyone for yeah. renting. But, <laughs> but you know, it's like it's the same as kind of renting a house versus buying a house. Yeah. You know, you want to buy the asset and own it. So then when you leave the island, maybe in two you or three years, you can it and sell get it. some of your money back. Yeah, yep. your money back. You're, you're, you're expensing depreciation as mm -hmm. opposed to the entire amount. So. I, I had, and this is all, you know, why 50 of my friends are walking around Bermuda. I had just sold my car when I graduated from FSU in, mm -hmm. in Florida to CarMax, mm -hmm. which you might notice our I, logo looks a little yeah, like CarMax. Yeah, it is. Now that you say it, I know what CarMax is. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, I, they swindled me so good at oh, CarMax. Yeah. And, like, in a good way, though. Like, it was val it was a valuable experience to me, but, like, I clearly saw that they were profitable. Like, yes. I, like, I saw the same car being sold on eBay for, like, $3,000 more. Yeah. CarMax brought me in. They made it super easy, super convenient. Yeah. Like, they did absolutely everything, but they gave me $3,000 less. Right. And I was like, wow, I just got, like, taken for this ride, mm -hmm. and I loved it. <laughs> 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 and I and they made tons of money on me. That is so funny. You know, but then like the, it really kind of cemented this idea that like people appreciate convenience. They do. They do. You know? And we'll like, pay for we it. We will pay to just not 
allow me to not have to think and use my brain and figure out and problem solve. I'm problem solving enough in my day-to-day life. Yeah. Allow it to be super easy and pleasant and smiley yes. and customer service friendly yes. and done immediately. And I and will pay. Yes. You know? So there's a clear profit model for making people's lives easy. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, where it started from. So, like, while I was still working at KPMG, I basically would buy, like, secondhand scooters mm-hmm. on Emu mm-hmm. and bring them to, like, my dad's house on his porch. <laughs> and, like, I didn't even know how to fix up bikes, to oh, be honest. Really? But I would kind of clean them and I would, like, go- like YouTube how to you know, service or clean them up as well Mm -hmm. as I can. Um, And then I would just take really good pictures of them and resell them Mm -hmm. with a little bit of, like, a warranty. So take a little bit of risk and be like, look, you know, if anything's wrong, the difference between me and the other emu sellers, you can bring them back and, you know, I'll take care of you. So that kind of worked, and I would do, like, a couple of those Mm -hmm. per weekend. But what I found was... Doing a couple of those per weekend, which turned into three or four, mm-hmm. I was making more money than my job was paying me. Well, there you go, people. <laughs> on like well, there Saturdays you go. Sundays. Right, right. And I'm like, hmm. well. <laughs> so then I kind of ramped it up and decide, and the space in La Rosane was coming available, mm-hmm. um, which used to be a dry cleaners, which yeah. my dad owned yes, that dry yes, cleaners. Yes. So, and he, that was closing, and he was like, hey, a spot's open. Do you know anyone who wants to? like go into this spot we have to find new tenants yeah and i'm like well i could try out my little, little thing there let's see and the it was really history. like not ideal i was like we really probably need a lot more room than yeah that, yeah that tiny little place but um yeah like we made it work and we just kind of keep growing and keep reinvesting and mm-hmm. it's just a constant idea of any money we make we're gonna put back into newer products Mm -hmm. more offerings you know so talk to me about that because it started with the used bikes yeah and now you do some other stuff so how did you decide like how you were going to branch out and what products and services you were going to add to what you offer because you you fix up the bikes too now right or like yeah, yeah, service yeah. yeah we do service repairs spare parts accessories everything so it's just it the cool thing about this was it was really kind of organic um, it was like there was no big investors throwing hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars at yeah. us. There was no like big loans. There was no like my my family supported in advice and mm-hmm. they were very supportive morally. But they didn't. They like here's all this money. Go yeah. go buy a bunch of new trucks and all this stuff. Yeah. Like we just started with like literally nothing. We didn't even have a sticker on our van. We had this old van that was literally like thirty years old. So we started with literally nothing, and very organically grew it. Um, I think that's because most people thought it wouldn't work. You think so? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you had to know it was going to work because you were selling three and four bikes. And like you yeah, said, like, you- to me, like being an accountant, I was like, this business model really, really works. Cause yeah. it's literally just my labor. And we're able to generate like, you know, a couple thousand dollars a day in profit right. from, and the customer's happy, and the person we bought it from is happy. It's happy, yeah. So, like, there's three wins here. Like, they got to sell it quick. We got to profit off it. The customer got to have a working bike that's easy, and mm-hmm. we took out the problems. So there were a lot of wins, and people were, were financially happy, and the profit model worked. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this has to work. But 
I feel like a lot of people were like, Nick, you're leaving like CPA, like corporate, yeah, you know, high high tower office the world stability, to I like think. fix up secondhand yeah. scooters. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. To a lot of people, that seems insane. Yeah, and I think I was kind of lucky that at that age you have so much energy and like the I risk tolerance like, is higher, right? Oh, like yeah. you're like oh. If it doesn't work, I can just always go back. Yeah. And, and that's what I tell you're people. You're young, so, yeah. like, you, I, I was living in my parents' house. So, yeah. you know, what? I'll go broke, and then I'll go back to where I was. <laughs> yeah. I'll be in the exact same place. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, I don't have any yeah. loans, so I can't go in debt. So, yeah, it's kind of like you just go for it and see what happens. And I had so much energy that you just couldn't really stop me at that time. So, tell me about this. Like, what do you think? Because now... I. I you can find bikes or use bikes or whatever, like you said, on Emu. So what was the differentiating factor for Scooter Mart? Like, what makes people choose Scooter Besides your fabulous commercials, what makes people <laughs> choose you? Um, yeah, like, so basically, we started, we only did just use bikes for, yeah. like, a few weeks. Okay. Um, we basically immediately found out, like, before launch, I had bought up like 30 or 35 mm -hmm. used scooters. And then um, we uh, realized that there's way more people looking to buy secondhand bikes than there are people who want to sell us their secondhand bikes. Got you. So that was the only kind of like, okay, if we have real overheads and we have like real rents and we have a lot of staff and like elect Belco mm -hmm. and all the rest mm -hmm. of it, we need to be able to have a certain amount of these sales per week and if we do not have enough supply like mm -hmm. the ability to buy these secondhand bikes then the model will fail eventually yeah. so we identified nice and early that huh, we need to contact some big suppliers get in some new vehicles from source mm -hmm. so we started with vespa and then we got honda and mm -hmm. yamaha and now we have tons of different brands, Aprilia, Piaggio, okay. some electric scooters and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> but so, and, and now actually 95% of our business, over 95% is new, brand new vehicles. Mm -hmm. The, you know, Honda, Yamaha, Piaggio, Vespa, warranty and mm -hmm. all the rest of it. So nice. yeah, so it's kind of evolved over time, but I think the differentiating factor has been that honestly, truly, I think that like people can sense the vibe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's very like Gen Z. <laughs> no, I mean, it's um, like the vibe. That's why. <laughs> but I just feel like, in general, like people can sense whether it's our advertising or it's in person, or it's our enthusiasm talking about certain thing. I feel like people are like, they have a sense that we're having a pretty good time overall. So I'm gonna translate it into entrepreneurial terms and say customer service. Yeah, customer service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really genuinely think that. And like you started off when you told the story about how you got started, people pay for that and will pay yeah. extra for that. Yeah. And I do think that sometimes we can miss that in Bermuda because it's so small. Yeah. And in some instances, they're like forced monopolies. It's only one or two places where you can get X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And so sometimes, on occasion, I think there's a lapse in service because it's like what are you going to do if you want it you got to come here yeah and i do think from my own opinion this is me looking at you and how you've grown over the years is that you take care to yeah. provide that service right so whether it's 
having fun at what you do, hiring people who enjoy what they do, yeah. it does translate down into the end user's experience. Yeah, and it's overall care. I yeah. feel like people can, even if it's subconsciously, you can tell when someone cares. Yeah. And in the vehicle, especially servicing and repairs mm -hmm. and stuff, mm -hmm. in Bermuda, on an island on like the other side of the earth. We're like literally the antipode of the earth from where these things are made. Yeah. Like to have all the spare parts and to have the technician who's qualified and certified to repair it mm -hmm. and the diagnostics tools. We can get into like a rabbit hole of how difficult it is to service I all these imagine. hundreds of different types yeah. of vehicles, yeah. all different parts. Every year they make a new iteration yeah. so all the parts are different. So the end result is if like it's gonna be hard no matter what. Mm -hmm. but is the person or the company you're working with to be your motorcycle provider, do they care? Yeah. You know, like, do they care enough to be like, hmm, I recognize this is a challenging, tough spot you've got yourself in with your scooter or mm -hmm. whatever. We care. We're going to work as hard as you can possibly work to get this sorted out for you because we care about you right. as a customer. Right. Whereas it's so easy, especially if there were less competition, to be like, yeah, it sucks. Sorry suck. about that. that sucks, data. but yeah. you know what? That is going to be really difficult for me to do, and I don't really feel like it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like that is the option. That's happens, the other option. Though. It happens. Yeah, and it's if there's not competition, yeah, that happens. Yeah, yeah. When there's a lot of competition, you got us being like, "Yeah, we care. We're going to work hard for you. We're going to pop, 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 pop." You so can't why, not why, do that now. Why? Why? Like, how do you trans? I know that's how you are. Right. But as the leader of the organization, how do you impart that same sort of care into the people who work for you and represent Scooter Mart? Because that is a challenge. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, first of all, it's making sure that you're really, really selective with the people who are in your circle on mm -hmm. your team. Mm -hmm. I think you, you just want to get a certain type of person who has that natural ability to care mm -hmm. and to bring enthusiasm and a positive attitude. Um, and be excited. Because you can't teach that. You can yeah, teach you can't someone teach, how yeah. to find and fix stuff, but exactly. you can't teach that. So that's got to be your filtering mm -hmm. and hiring and just be like, look, sorry, you're a great person. It's just mm -hmm. we have enthusiastic people who mm -hmm. care and are going to, you know, do whatever it takes to make our to solve our customers' problems, mm -hmm. even if that means taking on stress. Right. You know? on behalf of our customers, mm -hmm. like to making their problems ours. So that's a filtering hiring thing, I think. But the other thing is the tone at the top. It's like when I come in and I'm setting the standard of like, I'm running when I get people's keys to mm -hmm. like, to like change their oil or mm -hmm. whatever. Like if you're then working for me and you're like dragging not, your feet, right. you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, it's almost not even an option because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like running around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think tone at the top is important as well. It's it's showing everyone on the team like we're not like kind of I'm not above them. You're not below them. Right. We're all working hard together. I'm in the mud, I'm in the dirt, cleaning bikes, doing what I got to do to take care of our customers. And they all see that. And, you know, I think it's a as long as that continues, I think that's a good kind of vibe to have in the workplace because. Mm -hmm. Because everyone kind of feels on a team. And if we win, we win together. Yeah. We do cool things like profit sharing. So mm -hmm. everyone's properly, like, financially incentivized. If the company does well, I everyone, love that. all the mechanics That's get profit why you sharing. That's why year. <laughs> 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 um, but congratulations, though, Thank by the you. way. Because um, we were talking before we started the official interview about the fact that I think as CEOs or our leaders of your companies, you're so focused on doing the work and making sure that things are running right 
excited and that you're doing what you need to do, that rarely do you get a chance to sit back and acknowledge where you have come and the progress that you have made. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why we started the BDC Business Awards is because we rec- we see it. Yeah. Like in the day to day, we're like, okay, this person's making headway. And so it's our way to acknowledge the hard work and the things that you have done to get your business from where you started to now. It's a full on, you got employees, you're, you know, you're changing people's lives. So that's a big deal. Yeah, it's really cool. And I love that you guys do that. And it was such a, like I was telling you, it it was finally, I feel like because when you're doing it, it's kind of like if you're in a swimming race, like you haven't finished yet. So like, I'm not going to celebrate before I finish. Right. You know but, I mean? yeah, but to be I, honest, I get the vibe yeah. that you will never be finished. Like you, the bar is here You're and right. then it goes higher and it's higher, yeah, which yeah. is great. I think that's yeah. great. But no, it was a, a nice little excuse to be like, wow, like, I did good that. job. <laughs> <laughs> now, now back, back to, to work. work. <laughs> Exactly. I know, I know. But no, no, really, I feel like sometimes we don't give ourselves our flowers, right? Yeah. Because you're so focused, like you said, on what's next. Like, yeah. I see you always thinking about how it could be better, what you should be, what you can do for the customer to make their experience better, whether yeah. it's the commercials, whether it's um, promoting or adding new products to your to what you're currently offering. Yeah. Um, so you do have to, we will take time to celebrate your (laughs) so you can keep working um but outside of that like what's next for scooter mart like what do i know you got plans yeah like to me it's it's about just constantly i get i I get bored actually if we're not doing something new or risky like i'm a little too like i guess like add like i'm just like (laughs) Okay, this is too easy now. Yeah, <laughs> like, what where, else can we do? What's going to stress me out? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, but also I've learned with, with a little bit more age now, I'm 32, mm-hmm. that, you know, I want to stay in my lane a bit more. Okay. Like, um, because I've now, I think in this particular area, I could classify myself as a specialist, mm-hmm. and, and that inherently is a reason why we can bring value to customers above other people because we are specialists and experts in our sector. Okay. So to go out into something that I may not be a specialist or expert in would be really risky mm-hmm. because you're now trying to compete with people who might be specialists right, and experts right, and you're right. not one. So I think being in our relative lane is is important. So we just branched out into rental mopeds, yes. which is super fun. Um, honestly, like ever since, like, I think that's actually what I've always wanted to do. I think I was like 10 years old and I watched like the, you ever seen the Jason Bourne, Bourne Identity movies? Like the first one that like the guy, Jason Bourne, like, like, and it it ends at like a rental moped place in Uh in, like a Greek island Uh and he finds the girl and like they're renting a moped. (laughs) And I was like. You I'm gonna do that. I could, I could definitely rent mopeds for the ride. That is so I funny. I swear to God, I was like ten, and I was like, and <laughs> "That's what I'm gonna do." Yeah, now we're doing now it. Now you're so doing I it. I absolutely love that. It kind of combines, cause like it's hospitality. Yeah, truly, it really is. Where like we were trying to do, ho- I'm a hospitality guy. Mm-hmm. But we were trying to do hospitality in like m- engine repairs. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice, but yeah. like it's not ideal yeah yeah yeah. this is like true hospitality like tourism Mm -hmm. like you're getting people who literally were on a subway in new jersey right like like a day and a half 
Earlier. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're now on this like oasis of the most beautiful turquoise pink sand mm-hmm. island mm-hmm. on God's earth, mm-hmm. riding a moped, exploring the coves mm-hmm. and the lagoons and the caves and the beaches. Mm-hmm. Like, that is epic. You're right. Like, it is that type of experience those are core memories like, yes. this is and it's thrilling and the wind's in your face yeah, and it's yeah. exhilarating and yeah. it's a novel experience um it like it's not even the same as renting a car i mean right. they have a nicer car probably yeah, in yeah. america mm-hmm. but they're riding a moped and exploring bermuda mm-hmm. like i think and it's the number one or i think the two most popular things that people mention when they review bermuda are beaches and rental moped yeah and usually went to mopeds first. It's just so novel, right? And it's such a unique experience that we kind of, it's almost like standard, like yeah. go to Bermuda rent a moped. Yeah. That's like our bucket list thing. So I think that it's super cool to be a part of something. I didn't know it was so entrenched into like our culture and our identity mm-hmm. until I started doing it. Yeah. And now it's really, really cool to be such a big part of Bermudian identity. This is kind of what we give the world as our product. Like, yes. We give the world memories. Yes, correct. That is what, like what that. they take home, right? Yeah, yeah. They take home an, an awesome, unique memory mm-hmm. of visiting, sometimes for the first time ever, their first foreign country. Mm-hmm. And then they rode a moped a for moped the first time too, ever. Yep. And they're exploring beautiful beaches. And, like, that is our memory. Mm-hmm. And, and mopeds are, like, one of the core things that stand out in their memory when mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives. Because they have never done that before. Yeah. Well, right this is sometimes yeah. the first time they've and ever like, done it this is like the coolest space in the world to ride about yes because yes. you can see the whole country mm-hmm. there's parking everywhere it's super easy it's mm-hmm. like culturally acceptable all the cars are looking out for mopeds because we're used to it so yeah i think it's really really fun i enjoy it i love the cut like the tourists mm-hmm. and they're always just having a blast yeah. like who can who can like hop on a scooter for the first time and like go you know and and, and be angry <laughs> <laughs> You it's impossible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, your stress you, levels immediately go down. You could get a full service bill for changing your gear oil, and you could be angry after that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. Repairs and stuff. But you can't hop on a rental moped and be angry. Like, you're, you're pumped. So right, right. Everyone's happy, like, super good vibes. Yeah. I so really it enjoy makes it. sense that, I mean, you, you started with the used scooters, you started selling bikes. And now you're renting bikes. Renting, yeah. Yeah. So do you have any other plans? Or like you said, this is your lane and this is where you're going to stay for the time being. Yeah. I mean, look, the the industry and the world's moving so quick yeah. now, right? So there, there's always going to be the newest thing mm-hmm. and new features and synergistic add-ons. Like mm-hmm. rental mopeds were really cool because like we already have like 10 mechanics right. on staff who fix and they're experts and mm-hmm. and like we have all the human resources we were to have two trucks mm-hmm. and a third truck um we already have the skills and the suppliers and the mm-hmm. networks um and then when you bring one of the big problems is when you want to do like a repair on your moped yeah. or your scooter like then you're stranded you don't have any, so we now give all the people who come in for repairs we give them a free rental moped for the yeah. day so I knew like, that my brother-in-law bought his bike from you, so yes, yeah, I'm aware. So that you know, <laughs> it kind of just is synergistic. So we'll we'll look for synergistic stuff like that, and you know, there's there's electric bicycles. Yeah. There's, you know, the whole EV era mm-hmm. is because um, then they move so for fast. the country to kind of be in that space, right? To, yeah. Although so. they need to chill on that. Okay. <laughs> okay, Nick. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, this, just the whole like 
banning Bermudian consumers from buying a combustion motorcycle mm -hmm. in literally four years from now, which which would mean in three years from now, I would have to stop. I would have to tell Honda and Yamaha and yeah, Piaggio, no hey, sorry, like Bermuda is no longer your customer. Mm -hmm. um, it's like probably the most outrageous thing I've ever heard. It's so you're in those focus groups then, right? You're you're. Well, I'm I'm yelling at them because oh. I strongly disagree. <laughs> it's like it's just like not very well thought out. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people. We have a lot of unhoused people. We have a lot of gig economy workers. Mm -hmm. What about Sargasso Sea drivers? Mm -hmm. What about Pronto app driver? You can't do this stuff on an electric moped. It's not really feasible to mm -hmm. enter. There's not really a secondhand market for them. Mm -hmm. They're three or four times more expensive. Mm -hmm. What if you don't have a Belco bill? Right. Where are you charging it? Right. What if you don't have a credit card? Right. A lot of things people. need to be yeah, yeah some like, questions like so it's too early you want me to stop ordering in three years yeah too early yeah that maybe is, a, a plan or process to roll it out over yeah, a period of time once you can incentivize answer some of those us. yeah incentivize tell us hey if you do this tax rebates this yeah. that it's going to be sexy but you can't just say you're not allowed right to ever buy a combustion motorcycle right like that is literally just you're just trying to like control us for no, it's not harmful to anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's not harmful to the country. It's not dangerous. I think in the grand scheme of things, when you think about the rest of the world and, you know, climate change and all these things. So it sounds exciting. You're like, yes, that's right. It's for the environment. But I do think from an entrepreneurial perspective, oh, you're a major employer of yeah. Bermudians, you yeah. know what I mean? So there has to be a strategy to kind of phase it out, phase it in, yeah, you, and all that kind of things. You incentivize things. Yeah. You make them more appealing. You don't Because you have electric vehicles in your... We don't... They're not, you're not supposed, the government's not supposed to be a dictator. Right. You're not supposed to tell us how to tie our shoes and what to ride to work and, you know, yeah, what yeah. colors to wear. Yeah. No. You tell it... We cannot do things if they are safe right. or bad for our country. Correct. This is not any worse for our country than otherwise because the same fossil fuels that are burning on your on your scooter are burning at Belka. Yeah. So there's and there's no difference. Right, right. Right. Maybe it's a tiny bit more efficiency. So then let's talk about efficiency. Yes. Fuel and efficiency. How, how fuel efficiency. Yeah, let's talk about and, that. We don't having, ban it. You don't make it illegal. Having the product mix, right? Yeah. That allows people, like you said, the choice. Exactly. Because, um, like I said, my brother-in-law purchased a bike. He bought an electric bike. Yeah, I have an electric bike. I yeah. love them. They're cool. Yeah. But I'm not going to force people to get them. Right. I'm not right. going to make it illegal. Right. <laughs> It's not, you know. Right, I get it. I understand. Rant over. <laughs> it's like I'm off my soapbox. All right. But no, I think it's it's important from the standpoint of the fact that you are an entrepreneur in Bermuda. You are one of um, how many employees do you have now? We have uh, in the summer times with like summer students yeah. and stuff. It can get to over twenty five. Right, which yeah. is a big deal, right? Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, so you have to kind of consider those things when you're making laws and making rules because it is going to impact you, which ultimately impacts the summer students and it yeah. impacts Bermuda and impacts the economy as a whole. So, talking about young people um, and entrepreneurship, you had your parents as models. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to a young person who maybe doesn't have that and has this wild dream because they saw Born Identity yeah, yeah. <laughs> and said that they wanted to, who knows, own a scooter child. What would you say to them to encourage them to pursue their dreams, even if it is entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's a really good service? question. 
And I think that one of the really cool things about the BDC mm-hmm. and about things like Ignite and mm-hmm. some of the programs, I think we've recognized that one of the big, like, first of all, to be an entrepreneur 40 years ago was yeah. a whole different thing. It sure was. You almost had to be of a certain class. Mm-hmm. You had to have probably big family mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a big information gap. Mm-hmm. The financial knowledge gap was super significant. You could not just Google how mm-hmm. to get a loan. Right. Right? Like, um, if you didn't go to a high-end university or something mm-hmm. that taught you about financial education, there was – it almost – it was almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have all of the information that humans have had that have ever written down mm-hmm. available in our pockets. Like, if you want to know how to do literally anything, you—it's just about how resourceful and initi- how much initiative yeah. you have. Yeah. So you can do it, um, and that is awesome. So then. What are some? Who are some people who are going to help you along this way? BDC is a super good resource. Um, any kind of mentors like the Ignite mm-hmm. program is phenomenal. Um, who can just the Bermuda intricacies? Like, right. you know, there's always these Bermuda intricacies that I had to really struggle with. Luckily, I had my my dad to mm-hmm. help me out and my mom. Um, but like, I know some entrepreneurs starting now who've done the Ignite BDC yeah. thing, and I'm like, all right, so dude, it's going to be hard. Like, there's all these things you got to uh-huh. look out for. They're like, oh, I know about all this. <laughs> Are you like, what? I, I'll make an, I'm an Ignite. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, like, what about this? Like, no, yeah, yeah, I got that. So use the resources. Yeah. We've, we've identified that having role models is super important, mm-hmm. and not everyone has role models. Mm-hmm. So... Y- use the resources that we have, like these programs. Mm -hmm. Don't try to make the mistake. Learning from mistakes is not fun. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) granted, you learn what not to do, but if you you... don't have to go that road, you know? I would say we our tagline is Bermuda Business Starts Here because it's free. You can yeah. come and talk to somebody. You can flesh out your ideas. Yeah. And then we also are grateful to have people like yourself. You've come and spoke to our incubatees, and they love that conversation, yeah. by the way, because it's different hearing it from me. Yeah. Then hearing it from you, you actually did it. So nobody yeah. told you the missteps. You had to just go, yeah. you know, through and, and learn the hard way. So yeah. hearing it from you, you've done it, and and having, like you said, programs. I think is is really why wouldn't you take advantage yeah. of that? Yeah, and I have a lot of people who come and just come into the showroom. Yeah, where you could basically find me ninety nine percent of the time, and they're just like, "Hey Nick, like, can Would we you- like schedule time to sit down and then I just want to tell you about this and how I could do this?" Yeah, and I'm always gonna do that. I think like. Entrepreneurship is, in my view, how we really go forward and be the greatest version of ourselves as Bermudians. I I think it's the answer. um, And the more we can promote it, the easier we can make it. The more we can apply our young people's and and everyone's creativity and work ethic. And Bermudians are amazing people. I would agree. I'm telling you right now, like, we do, we punch so far above our weight, this little island. We're like... This place is cool and it's something to be extremely proud of. Yeah. Um, we have to foster our innovation. Yeah. We have to make it easy for entrepreneurs to do things. Yes. It doesn't need to be so difficult just because it has been doesn't mean it needs to be. That's correct. Right? Like the so, things that you the barriers that you can remove should be removed. Exactly. So the creativity and innovation can flourish. Yeah. I'm and on that that guess team. what? When you got a hurdle, figure it out. That's what you do. <laughs> That's what I 
and shit. You, you gotta figure, figure it out. out. You don't stop. Yeah. You're like, you just like, hmm, how am I gonna get over that, yeah. under that, around There's that? There's no option. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you have it all on the line, including your reputation and your literal, like, self-identity yeah. and every penny you've ever earned in your life, the hurdle is not a hurdle. Right. It's a little speed bump. That's it. Because you're getting over it. <laughs> Like, there's not a question. Right. So once you start thinking like that, and this is kind of the mindset I wish, like, would be in more of these government committee. Yeah. However they make decisions, I think it's pretty, it's not how I make decisions. Yeah. Like, if you got a hurdle, you don't need to talk about it for a year and a half. No. You just get over it. Get over it. Immediately. Get around it. Around it. Like, because that is how entrepreneurship is fostered. Yes, it is. Right? When you have year two year planning mm-hmm. delays because someone doesn't want to move a paper from one desk to another we cannot our young people or it's already hard enough mm-hmm. to start a business or anything here mm-hmm. if we're if they're waiting two years what if they quit their job to start this this venture yeah and they're waiting for two years for you mm-hmm. and they weren't told because my dad would have said hey nick Meet him in the parking lot every single day at 459 mm-hmm. until and yell until, at them. Yeah. And sh- just know what type of car they drive and sit there in your, in yeah, your suit. Yeah, you figure out how to say, get it hey, done. I'm waiting for your I'm waiting for your email. Yeah, yeah. And you just do that every or find out where they live and see them on their driveway and say, <laughs> hey, like you just make so much noise and you'd be so much of a nuisance until it gets done. And I think that's the key. It's that mindset, right? That you're solving a problem and irrespective of all of the barriers or the things or the reasons people they don't hear most entrepreneurs don't hear no right they're they're just like okay you may be saying that i just need to figure out another way or find someone else i need to speak to because you're not the right person because i'm still moving in the direction that i want to move in the government says completely no absolutely impossible and i hear very very small inconvenience I love it. Look, Nick, it has been great talking to you. I wish you all the best. Continued success. Congratulations again on Business Thank of the you Year. So you deserve it. Thank you. Um, and I can't wait to see what comes next for you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for minding your business with me. Take care. <laughs> right. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Mind Your Business with me, your host, Jamila Lodge. Tune in next week, Thursday at 4 p.m. Because if you don't mind your business, who will? Mind Your Business is brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda Business starts here.